right, three, two, one. I have to return some videotapes, except nice. videotapes don't exist anymore. That was a quote from American Vandal. Uh, I'm Adam from yeah. Your Movie Sucks. This is Sardonicast. Hello. Uh, I'm Ralph. Hi. <laughs> and I'm Alex from HE, but that's not all. We got someone else here with us. Oh yeah, we have a guest. Please uh introduce yourself. Hi guys, I'm Jin. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> nice to e meet you. <laughs> nice yeah, what you were you saying, Adam, there's not just like no videotapes anymore. There's there's no video stores or like video rental anymore. Like that's not even a thing at all anymore. Videotapes are <laughs> becoming a uh, kind of hipster thing like vinyl, except without the quality. A24 released yeah. like a hundred uh. copies or something of Climax on VHS, and I was not able to snag one, and I'm kind of mad. And I don't know oh, why I'm yeah. mad. I don't know why I want it. Yeah, why are you mad? <laughs> you don't need a VHS. You don't need that. <laughs> yeah, I have a player. You don't need uh, that. So who's our? What? Are, what does our guest do? Sorry for t- sorry for asking you in the third person. <laughs> I was like, "Who's taking this one, guys? Who's taking it?" Um, I am an actor, comedian, and MC host. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I have some uh, questions for you. So we met through like a like a mutual friend of mine. Like, kind of hooked us up, hooked this gig up for me. Uh, her mm-hmm. name is Gemma, and yeah, she like. Uh, we went to college together, but she's like, oh, there's this actor who can be on your podcast. He wants to be on your podcast. I'm like, yeah, okay. It sounds good. And yeah, <laughs> so um, so I want to ask you about this, like some of the things you're working on. You're working on like some like kind of high profile stuff. Like you're in this sh- this Netflix series, uh, The Brother's Son, I guess it's called, right? Coming out like yes. next year, has Michelle Yeoh in it. So yeah, just mm-hmm. like tell us about that. Like I want to know about that. <laughs> Yeah, I so I'm I'm on a new show coming out called The Brother Sun. Sun as in the sun in the sky. That's always a clarification I think yeah. I, I'll have to make. Oh, okay. Not a Cuz when you when a, when it comes after the word brother, you feel like it's the son of a, you know, son of a parent. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, no. brother sun is based mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See? See? People people I get it now. It's like the clarification it helps. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um and so it's based off the Taiwanese triad and and um, that takes place kind of majority in L.A. And yeah. so it's based around the family. Michelle Yeoh plays the mother. And it's uh, the two main characters are these two brothers. You know, very seemingly different lives. And my character, I play the best friend of the younger brother, Sam. And my, my character's name is TK. And so I'm oh. the only Korean guy on the show. And pretty much the cast. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel foreign as well. So I'm, I'm working alongside, you know, a lot of wonderful Chinese, um, and Taiwanese actors and castmates. And I'm, I'm the, uh, Lone Star Korean dude. Are you playing oh, a cool. Korean character or no? Yes. I'm a Korean oh, playing okay. a Korean. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And how'd you like, uh, get, get that gig? I got it through a open call. And so I saw it, uh, kind of circulating around Instagram and just social media as well. And so a couple of people sent it to me and I've come across a few open calls before. And, and just this one, I guess kind of stuck out to me. And I thought, you know, why not? Let's give it a try. And so I did it through an open call. I didn't have a theatrical manager or agent at the time. And yeah, uh, I, yeah, I ended up getting it. 
Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to say or whatever. Like, you're not allowed to say much about the show. How does it end? Yeah, but he's... <laughs> no, not that. Um, do you have any scenes with, like, uh, Michelle Yeoh? Like, did you have? Did you get to, like, meet her on set or whatever? Oh, yeah. So, I have, I have a, you know, multiple scenes with her because since I'm the best friend... Oh, great. Yeah. I get... It's, it's a lot of the scenes where, you know, we're at home eating or just, you know, having meetings at the house... So those scenes, I get to work alongside with her a lot. And, uh, yeah, uh, I only have really good things about to say about Michelle. In all honesty, she's, I think what I like most about her is she has a great sense of humor and yeah. she's, she's light and she's fun. And like the story that I, I told her is, uh, there was one scene where it was kind of a tense scene where especially her character was kind of cold annoyed and angry and she storms out of the house and so i'm off camera because i was just in the shot and so i'm just waiting for the scene to end as soon as she turns the corner and she's off camera we make eye contact she winks at me and smiles like she had this really <laughs> stern cold face but as soon as she turns the corner she looks at me and then she winks and smiles and so that's kind of that's a story that i think that'll really stick with me and then she also gives great hugs that's my fun fact about her. <laughs> yeah she seems like a very uh, nice woman. Like she was super She's cool. fun. She's yeah. fun. And she likes to drink. And so <laughs> yeah. I can't, that's you know, cool. like what how it doesn't get much better. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, she seems cool from just like I was watching like the everything all at once, like behind the scenes. She seems like she was having a lot of fun during that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure she's cool to be around. Yeah. Oh, a good actor cool. too. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um so there was also this I was looking up like other kind of things you were in. And you're mm-hmm. in this short film called, you know, I don't exactly know the pronunciation, pronunciation, pronounce, Pr- pronunciation. I can't even say that actually. word. I can't even say that word. Jesus Christ. Are you uh, nervous? But, yeah, yeah, I guess so a little bit. But there's like, uh, the short film's called like, ne? Is that how you say oh, it? That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah? That's perfect? Okay, good. Okay, so I wasn't Ooh. sure. Okay, so ne. Mm-hmm. And um, it was yeah. on, I think it was on <laughs> HBO or something. Um, so you want to tell us a little bit about that too? Because I just saw that it was like on your filmography. Like oh that looks yeah, interesting. Uh, I haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but so Neg, uh, we actually just did that last year. It was um, so we shot a short film. The director uh, hit me up and 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 kind of seemed like a right fit. So it's based off a it's a Korean American guy goes on a date with a white girl and takes her to a Korean restaurant, but he can't speak Korean or he's very very poor at it. So it's a typical Korean uh, Asian American kind of story where. This you you kind of have this identity struggle where you look and feel and you are Korean, but you know being born and raised in America, you kind of lose your native tongue, and so he happens to go to a Korean restaurant, and then kind of everything unfolds at the restaurant. Yeah, sure, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, and and was it like on HBO or like how did that happen? I'm I'm not even sure the connection. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. But- he so he was just gonna take it kind of I think like the festival routes and just submit it through um I forgot the YouTube page, but this kind of big short film uh page. And he was just mm-hmm. kinda gonna go through that route, but then they finished editing apparently the day before submissions were due. HBO does an annual uh Asian American short film contest, and so he apparently just finished editing right before the deadline. So he submitted oh, wow. it, thought why not? And he didn't tell anyone. And then he asked to grab coffee 
a few months after we finished shooting and he said, Hey, by the way, I submitted it to the HBO contest. I was like, Oh, that's cool. And he's like, Oh, and we won. So there were like two winners and, and wow. yeah, that's how that happened. And so they, they had a premiere for us and we got to go to the LA premiere and then I flew out, flew myself out to the New York, New York premiere too. So it was, it was quite a blast. And I had no idea that seven, eight months later I would be doing uh, the brother's son. Yeah, that probably helped you out with getting that gig. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't even heard of that uh, festival with for HBO, so I'm gonna have to check that mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. later on. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you know I wasn't sure if like HBO like produced it at first, but like from how you said, it's like like they just made the short film and gave it to HBO, and HBO like got the rights to it, or you know like right. something so like that. Now, now they distributed it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really have an involvement in like the. The making of it which is you know because right. i was kind of confused on that it's not like chernobyl or anything yeah that's cool though <laughs> it's not like and not no kind of like interference from hbo it's like a computer you know, like a purely like original like artistic vision you know i like that yes um i don't really have much else to ask you so aside from that do you guys have like any like questions about june like general acting stuff i'm sure we have a couple things well, some <laughs> stuff that kind of seeps into our realm on youtube because i yeah. i looked up your instagram and saw your link and saw you have a podcast of your your own i um, do and i was i was uh going through one of the episodes where you're talking the, the title was like hot takes or something like this of course I was oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and it was relevant you were talking about like the going to a movie theater alone and um League of Legends. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, I said something about League of Legends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. League of Legends. <laughs> yeah, you said something about sinking three yeah. hours into League of Legends at the library or something like this. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm, mm. Yeah, we've had that kind of question before. Like, do you go to the movie theater alone? Like, we've been asked that on like our Reddit. And we're, we're like, yeah, that's fine. Like, it's, it's kind of like a stigma against it, but we're just like, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. different, I mean, but it's good. It's nice. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's great. It is great. Yeah. It's kind of more personal. Every, yeah. There's sometimes there's like an art movie that like your friends don't want to see. It's like, all right, well, I want to see it. So I think First mm-hmm. Reforms was like that. Like no one wanted to go see that with me because like this weird <laughs> like art movie or whatever. But I'm like, I, I loved seeing that. Or like Good Time. That's how I saw Good Time. That was like my favorite <laughs> movie that year. Yeah. I, I uh, yeah, I watch a lot of <laughs> nonsense art movies. When I brought uh, uh, my boyfriend to Toronto Film Festival, I was like, okay, I'm... I'm just warning you, like, there's going to be a lot of movies here where you're just, you're not going to understand what's going on and it's fine and you're not necessarily supposed to. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen some weird movies on dates. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. So on that, on that note too, I'm, I'm a fan of watching a movie on a date, even if perhaps even like a first date, I know that's a hot take, really? but I think yeah. people are doing not the, first. I think people are doing the order wrong. Because I think ideally you, you watch the movie and then grab dinner or drinks. So you watch like a matinee or something. And then oh, yeah? so during, during dinner or drinks, you have something to talk about. You can either praise the movie or shit on it. Either way, you have something to just kind of get the conversation rolling, break the ice. And during the movie, people think it's, you know, awkward, uncomfortable or weird because it's silence, but there's, sen- there's this weird sense of intimacy that is light. And it's fun, especially if it's like a horror movie. There's light skin contact here and there. There's little jump scares. Yeah, that's and true. Mm. I think it's, I think it can be kind of cute. And I think that is kind yeah. of a taboo and stigma that, you know, I think if you just do it 
I think you're just doing it wrong, and 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 um, it can be fun. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah you made a pretty good case. Yeah, yeah, you thought about, you clearly thought this through. Yeah, I've done both. Yeah, like when I saw Nope, that was like a, it was like a second date kind of thing. Like we already met, right. but but we did right. the drinks after. We we mm-hmm. like went to mm-hmm. dinner after. Yeah, so we like talked about the movie for like an hour. Like, yeah, there's mm-hmm. all this like mm-hmm. symbolism. What? Yeah, so that was interesting. But at the same time, when I saw Vortex, that's a weird date movie because it's about oh, a yeah. couple. <laughs> Adam, Adam, you see, that's a weird date movie. But like, I don't know. We got drinks before. I had like this. This is somewhere in like New York City, like IFC Center, like around there. I had like the strongest beer like I've ever had. I had one glass. Delirium. Was, like, I think like twenty. It's like twenty percent alcohol or something like that. Wait, like what? I was twenty percent. Yeah, it was like crazy. I don't beer. know what. Delirium <laughs> tremens probably. <laughs> that Belgian beer. That, that might be it. I, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like you don't even taste it really, but like. Man, I was like fucked up during that movie. Like, I was watching the whole movie. I was like, I was like, whoa, dude, I am drunk. Like, this is crazy. That's probably why I enjoyed it so much. I'm a fan of that. That's fun. I actually, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. uh, I've seen scary movies kind of tipsy, and that's fun. (laughs) It's just such a weird movie to watch like that because it's so like (laughs) dark and whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess you could make the case for both. Sure. Mm hmm. I, uh, there was one date that I had that was a first date where we saw a movie and I was, cause I was doing like Vancouver film festival stuff anyway. I was like, Oh, I'm going to be seeing this. I might have an extra ticket. And so this guy that I'm meeting for the first time. And I also, uh, brought, you know, some other friends that were going to see the movie anyway. And after the show, my roommate, my friend, uh, who you met earlier, Gail, is like, oh, yeah, that guy, I actually know that guy. <laughs> He's dating someone else. And he turned out to be a massive piece of shit. He was just like, yeah, he was like, che- he was cheating. He was trying to use, he oh, was man. trying to cheat on someone else with our first date. And so, yeah, that was a, oh, man. that was a, yeah. Yeah. Piece of shit. I have trust issues already, but now I have. Yeah, that's awful. You got to ask during the trailers. It's like, so are you in a relationship or? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. at this point, that's kind of yeah. Yeah, people are weird. Yeah, big big F. You're kind of a comedian, also. Like you do comedy stuff on Instagram. I saw you have like some funny posts on there. I mean, you better Um, be if your Instagram handle is going to have the word comedy in it. If it's it's self, (laughs) if I'm self-proclaimed, I better be something. I would hope. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like it's just the most like depressing facts. Like your Uh feed is just like oh, I'm I'm gonna review the movie Threads. (laughs) Yeah, 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 Yeah. that's like Mm -hmm. how this show is. Yeah, but there's there's like a there's a lot of actors in like LA who do that. They kind of try like they do stand-up comedy and they also act. Like I've seen some stand-up acts from like actor friends of mine i'm like oh yeah this is pretty good um mm-hmm. like the comedy seller have you ever done stand-up i've done stand-up i've dabbled in it not in la it's that's my first love of comedy i grew up with stand-up because my brother listens to a lot of stand-up so i grew up with that but um i i took the content route and so i i do like a lot of the sketch comedies growing up on Chappelle show and key and peel and mm. and that's kind of the form I really enjoy doing. And I found that doing it through social media and Instagram, I treat it like an online portfolio of sorts because my end goal has always been uh, TV film, Hollywood, what have you. And so, you know, if 
I've noticed that so many people are getting recognized and picked up through social media. And, and my only hope True. is that hopefully mm-hmm. through that transition, you know, I, I'll be still talented enough as an actor to be able to, uh, deliver on the, you know, big screens as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Good strategy. Mm-hmm, definitely. If people think you're funny and like something, even if it's stand up or, yeah, your posts, they like kind of like, oh, I could make him a role in a movie that's like funny also. And yeah, then, yeah, right. There's, there's maybe people transition that are like, to more serious roles or dramatic roles later. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. There's people that are just like huge memesters that build their careers that way. Like they help <laughs> oh, <laughs> elevate yeah. their, like Lil Nas X, definitely like the memes helped the career. Not to yeah. say the music oh, is yeah, bad or yeah, anything. Yeah. Good, good musician. Right, but like, right. In terms of like having like a following, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. The following, especially nowadays, can only help. It's even with casting directors. A lot of nowadays, I think in today's game, a lot of casting directors do check out your Instagram uh, just to see what's up, just to get a look and feel of, yeah. at the very least, your persona that you give off online. Yeah. How and spicy are yeah. the brand? Mm, yeah <laughs> right exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can't be too spicy <laughs> who are we gonna cast in the mandalorian <laughs> oh. yeah gina <laughs> yeah there's a whole uh... i i actually feel that like with content creators because i know you know st- stand-up is still kind of the most respected route um and has the most notoriety but i do think you know content creators there's a lot of it's a bigger pool and it's a very saturated and don't get me wrong there's a lot of, uh, lack of a better word, trash out there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Sure. But I do think that even with content creators, they, they're the f- future generation of, you know, future directors because content creators kind of have to do everything because it's, it's low budget. You do it by yourself, especially when you're starting out. So you're, you're doing the writing, you're doing the directing, um, storyboarding, shooting, uh, editing and, and, lighting and what have you and acting as well so i think it it kind of builds a lot of rudimentary and fundamental skills that if you take it seriously and 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 you go in that route they could be potentially cool directors in the the future yeah Yeah. i mean um david f sandberg was posting shorts to youtube and he still posts to youtube Mm. (laughs) the director of uh, shazam and lights out um Oh, you know, like he's yeah, he's a YouTuber a long, kind. Of, yeah. Like, I mean, we can consider him a YouTuber, really. Yeah, so, cool on the YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that lights out short. I think was just like YouTube first, and then yeah, I think that's what propelled later the career. Yeah, honestly, um, that's a cool idea. Yeah, it depends on what kind of uh, content you're making. Uh, really, in terms of whether or not sure. it'll train you for something like that. But I do agree right. that um, you know we're in a generation where people who are artists now have the ability to express themselves and share their art with people, you know, without as much red tape. You don't need anybody in between you and your audience. You can just kind of create and share. Um, And so naturally, people who, you know, might have been directors or actors or comedians anyway will probably have some (laughs) presence on social media because, like, why wouldn't they, you know? Artists generally want to express themselves. So, Sure, yeah. Yeah. That's funny, like, uh, about, like, stand-up comedians or whatever. There's, like, this kind of stigma against YouTubers, and I, I guess I could say that because mm-hmm. I'm a YouTuber. Like, like <laughs> failed, like, comedians or what? Yeah, or, like, they're, mm-hmm. like, comedians mm-hmm. who have no talent, so they do YouTube mm-hmm. instead. Like, that is, like, mm-hmm. kind of a stigma. But, you know, stand-up comedy is really difficult. Like, it's not just, like, people think, mm-hmm. like, you just go up there and tell some jokes. It's not. Like, you need to have 
a lot of like confidence and like have, have done it many many yeah, times so until you're very good. good yeah, yeah. I, think, I mean yeah is isn't there like a old statistic that's probably still reigns true that stand up or at the very general uh general basis of stage being on stage is the number one fear of humans Mm-hmm. So, yeah, probably. Yeah, like mm-hmm. stage oh, yeah. fright stage is, fright. is like the yeah. number one, the number one thing, and so yeah, that's a just, real thing. And like most comedians who got up there early on in their career, they like suck. Like, yeah, just terribly bomb. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've, I've seen that before. Yeah, it's part of the process. Yeah. If I were to ever try stand-up comedy, I would have the benefit of likely performing to a bunch of people that already like me and already just find me funny no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. Whereas like people starting out and building their audience in stand-up comedy, you're really just rolling the die as to whether or not people are just <laughs> yeah. going to not gel with the type of humor that you have or your personality or whatever, your looks, who knows. Uh, exactly. A lot more risks in that sense. I, I got yeah. the beauty of uh, like, with emceeing, you know, in between transitions, I that's where I test out kind of my bits and stuff. And let me tell you, man, the, the thing with stand-up, uh, comedians, <laughs> that silence is deafening. It is loud. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It makes when you a nervous. joke doesn't, doesn't hit, <laughs> when a joke doesn't hit, and then that silence that comes after it, man, it's piercing. Yeah, you hear one guy like cough in the back, yeah. <laughs> or the pity, or that pity laugh. Oh um, yeah, no pity laugh. <laughs> I love cringe though, and so I my in my yeah. mind, I'm just like own it. Just fucking own it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love exactly. cringe. Like sometimes the the deafening <laughs> silences can be more funny to me than actual laughter. But <laughs> I'm, I'm weird. So yeah. I no, I, I completely agree. I think that's the that's the one advice I always give people when they ask about emceeing or, or hosting is you got to realize even if it's a room full of, of of a thousand people, you're the one with the mic, so you have full control. And so you can't, when you make the shift of when you no longer let the audience control you, it makes a world of a difference. Mm-hmm. And I always make this joke of my audience was always primarily Asian, Koreans or, or Asian. And I grew up in Georgia. So sometimes I would get a handful of, you know, nice. uh, black people in the audience. And that's, by the way, the best audience to have, you know, black folks in the audience. Yeah, they give you verbal sure. affirmation. Mm. Yeah. Asians, yeah. we suck at that. We are very, very bad at that. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're too cautious of the people next to us. And so, so many times I've done events where, you know, I felt I did pretty well. And then the audience is very quiet, silence. And then people come up to me afterwards, like, June, you, I, ha- I was rolling on my back. You, I was crying. I was like, where were you? I needed you. <laughs> I was like, where, where was that? Yeah. You, you kept it all in your head. I needed that. <laughs> you know? And so That's I tell funny. people, I got the best training. I got this. I got the yeah. hardest training with Asians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There should be, I, sure. I'm sure there's like a service where you can just pay one guy to show up to your shows and go, ha ha to every joke and then just get people going. I'm sure that I'm sure someone's sure. for hire. For there must be. Oh yeah. I do. There must yeah. be. If you invite <laughs> friends and family, that helps. Like I've been to stand up acts for my friends before, like close friends. Like, yeah. Mm. Like obviously you'll laugh because you don't want to hurt their feelings or whatever, but that helps. <laughs> right. Laughter is kind of contagious too. Like if four people are laughing, then a couple more people will laugh. It's kind of like a domino effect. I feel mm-hmm. too. I feel yeah. I feel like pretty supportive of my friends, but sometimes I remember mm-hmm. I was like in high school and one of my friends did the Edmonton where I'm from has a huge theater community and there was just this one act festival going on and one of my friends put on a thing 
and it was over and it wasn't good but i was like i started clapping and i st- i stood up <laughs> and then one of my wow. friends like next to me was just like no sit back down i was like oh, okay i realized no one else was gonna do that like, oh. yeah hey, you're a homie you're the homie yeah yeah good you gotta be supportive of your yeah, friends why not? yeah very nice very nice cool cool um okay so yeah, we we learned a lot about our guest here. Uh, do we want to move on to like a like a film possibly talk, um, a film discussion? We started talking about uh, yeah. at the beginning before we changed topics. We started talking about video stores <laughs> and mm-hmm. how vi- video tapes oh, yeah. don't exist anymore, but they kind of do. I didn't. I don't know if we had more to add on that. Yeah, subject. but more more so like video rentals have like those don't really exist anymore. Yeah. There's Redbox or whatever. But like yeah. I used to love like going to Blockbuster and like renting oh, yes. movies. Like yes. I, that was such a process. Like I love doing that, and I had like the monthly membership. Oh yeah, to have that you get like two movies a week or whatever. But now it's like, yeah, now it's none of that. Like now it's just like whatever shit you see on Netflix, and they kind of took some of the magic away from me. Like I kind of miss video stores for that. How how old are you, uh, June? I'm twenty nine. 29 okay cool because like sometimes i <laughs> we talk about these ancient relics known as like video stores i'm not <laughs> sure if i uh well look i have a brother that's eight years older so i, uh-huh. I kind of got hit a, a taste of his generation into mine but i grew up i grew up with blockbuster and it was walking distance from my house and i can still remember the smell walking in um mm. Like yeah. the carpet and and just going through the aisles and uh, yeah, I, I agree. You, I do miss the novelty experience, right? I worked at Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. that's right. I was the only person there nice. that knew anything about movies. It was crazy. <laughs> and I, I don't <laughs> say that sure. as in like having the right opinion about movies. I don't mean that. I mean like sure. knowing basic things. Like everybody else that was, was working there job. was just, yeah. I'm here to make money and I work in right. customer service. And so someone, a customer right. would come up and be like, oh, what's a good recommendation? And every other employee would just be like, ask Adam, because he's actually seen some of the movies here and nobody else actually watched <laughs> nice. anything. It was crazy. Adam, yeah. so that means you were the you were the grocery store employee that can just guide everyone to which aisle. It's like, yeah. you know, where, where can I watch? Or who's tried any of the food. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. tell you what mm-hmm. some of the food is like. Not just the employee that would give you the top recs on Yelp, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's so many movies I discovered just from that, like going to the video store. Like there's so many obscure movies that people are like, yep. how'd you know about that movie? It's just like, yeah, I was at Blockbuster and I liked the cover. You know, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Like movies. Judge them by the cover. Yeah. No, the covers. That was the big thing. Just being surrounded by covers in the different sections. Each one had like a different vibe to it. Yeah. Now movies are so yeah, they're so different now because people just like look at the rating or whatever on Letterboxd. Like, oh, is it a good movie? But back then it was just like whatever cover like grabbed your attention or like some genre, I, go, like the genre yeah, section. Like, I, I want to watch every horror movie. Yeah, so like something like that. It was so different. It's just weird how things change. And yeah, I feel like younger people are missing out. That's just how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do miss the era of movie posters and just the cover because... When you go to a cinema, movie theater, like when you see a really good movie poster, it sticks with you and it, and it kind of mm. stays with you. And you're like, oh, that was a really cool, I'm intrigued. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and even with like Blockbuster, you see the, the, the cover. And so I, I do miss that. Yeah, for sure. There were, um, there were like three, 
movie rental places within walking distance of me. One of them was Blockbuster, which I eventually worked at. Uh, another one was a place that offered seven movies, seven days, seven dollars, as long as they were old VHS. Wow. So anything that wasn't in a new release. And okay. so that's that's what sparked me uh, doing my, I guess, horror movie phase because there'd be like seven Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I'd be like, well, <laughs> just <laughs> rent them all on VHS, play them. Mm. I watched Evil Dead that way and like know what you did last summer, just a bunch of slasher things. So that was awesome. And mm. then my favorite uh, rental place was a place called The Movie Studio where they just gave you free popcorn. You didn't even have to like rent a movie. Kids would just walk in there and be like, can I have some popcorn? They'd be like, yep. And they uh, that's the, nice. they actually yeah, that's awesome. cared so much about their uh, selection and they had like a great alternative section of just stuff that didn't fit into any particular genre, which I always loved. And you could ask them to order in weird things just from the internet. So just in their store, they would have rentals for red versus blue DVDs and like strong bad emails. Just things where it's like, oh, a DVD exists. Oh, Let's order it in. Somebody requested it. And they actually, I kid you not, they had a section not blocked off or anything uh, for hentai. <laughs> it was just, there was a hentai <laughs> section. <laughs> and it was, oh, wow. Yeah. It was a really, really cool video store that I'm sure does not exist anymore. But I miss you, <laughs> the movie studio in Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah, there were a few of those. Yeah, the ones that yeah. just around the corner. Yeah. yeah, they're a fan of the arts. Yeah, there's a, there's still a couple of video stores left, but they're very like novelty places. I remember a place in LA, and I just looked it up. It's called Cinephile Video Movie Rental. Like, they're that's like the only one I could think of that's like like still open. Yeah. And that was a really nice one. Like, they didn't just have new movies; they had like different genres like you know kind of old genre like black exploitation oh. like those kinds of movies they had like movies sorted by director so they had like director's section like only scorsese movies only like brian de palma and it was like all ordered they even had like little like grocery bags with like kurosawa on it or whatever <laughs> like directors that you could buy yeah. i'm like oh that was so cool yeah but that's kind of like a more novelty thing like there's not a lot of places like that left sadly yeah, and even that's like not the same. There's one more uh, video rental place from Edmonton that I forgot to mention. The Lobby on White Ave, uh, which is run by, I think, just one guy. And it's <laughs> it's mostly horror movies. This guy loves horror movies. And he'll just have them playing. And there's like a, a couch and a TV just in the, the video store place, just playing horror movies on loop on repeat. And so you go down, you have to go down some stairs and you'll just hear like <laughs> screaming and chainsaws and just all this stuff. And when I was there, I'm not sure if this is still the case, but when I was there, it shared a building with a daycare, which oh was the God. funniest thing to me. Just kids like drop off yeah, your kids great. like in the, in the next door over. It's like screaming and That's chainsaws great. happening. Like, yeah, they hear it next to yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, that is that is cool. Good, good old nostalgia. Um, mm -hmm. I guess good days. I guess we can talk about the film recommendation from Ralph. There was a movie yeah, that sure. we all watched. That uh, speaking of uh, yeah, screaming and and horror and chainsaws, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Um, <laughs> the movie from, yeah, we'll get right into it. I guess the movie from 2002 called American Psycho, directed by Mary Harron, right? I think that's how you say it. And uh, starring Christian Bale. 
Christian Bale, one of his <laughs> most iconic roles. One of the most iconic films, uh, probably after Batman or whatever. <laughs> like, right after Batman. People, it's people uh, probably from Batman, 2000, not 2002. But... The sequel was 2002. Sorry. Did I say 2002? I think I thought, you did. I thought I said 2000. Well, oh. maybe well, I'm American Psycho 2. There's a sequel? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about that, too. <laughs> Wait, yeah, save that. So I had no idea. <laughs> I yeah, starring, starring Mila Kunis, yeah. We'll, me- we'll mention it after. Okay. I, I heard 2002. <laughs> okay, I meant to say 2000, yeah. Uh, so, the plot is like Christian Bale is like this businessman spoilers. who is also... Spoilers. He's <laughs> also a murderer. He also kills people randomly on the street, kills homeless people, he uh, kills prostitutes, and he's a totally insane person. And it's presented as like kind of a satire of like, you know, businessmen, how they're all psychopaths and satire of like america and capitalism in a, in a way you know it's a very funny movie and it's also like a very performance driven movie like people were saying on like the subreddit too it's like this mm-hmm. is a very like relevant movie even now just in how it's memed like people still meme this movie in like <laughs> in a good way though not in like a bad way like morbius is like in a way that's like complimentary <laughs> like there's lots of genuinely funny parts and like his performance in this movie is so like electrifying and exciting like he you remember his character patrick bateman and he's so interesting even though he's a bad person like he's so interesting to watch that it keeps you going through the whole movie and you know there's not a lot of movies like that where you're watching like a really horrible person but at the same time you're kind of like interested in them and kind of rooting for them maybe in some way you just want them to like i don't know he's just like a very interesting character i love movies like that i love character studies about like bad people but they're also like compelling in some way or even maybe sympathetic because you know he does have some sense of remorse and he's trying to like he's almost trying to get himself caught in some way i disagree that he has a sense of remorse i don't think yeah i disagree too yeah well he's trying to he, but he's, he starts feeling guilty about the idea of being caught <laughs> that's that's when he starts getting guilty is when he's like i don't think i'm gonna get away with this anymore <laughs> he almost gets so ridiculous with his like murder rampages that it's like he's sub- even subconsciously trying to get caught but the thing is he doesn't and that's part of the movie too he doesn't face any repercussions for his actions there is no like there's just no yeah he doesn't face any repercussions for Mm -hmm. what he's doing he just keeps killing people and he's like he keeps getting away with it basically he's like he gets away with everything at the end and it's so interesting to watch and it kind of hammers home the the message of the film even more that like you know there are like this Mm -hmm. this behavior is kind of encouraged in some way in like the business sphere and um i love the dialogue too it feels like you know this movie is a satire but i feel you could almost take it literally too because it is about people who are so privileged and so disconnected from like how most people live that mm-hmm. like these weird conversations they have could almost be seen as like completely literal even when they're acting like cartoon characters like if you do know people like that they are kind of that way like they are kind of like weirdos mm-hmm. um and yeah there's a lot to like read into there uh so what'd you guys think of it what'd you think of it june i i really i did enjoy it a lot i'm a big fan of thrillers, psychological thrillers in those kinds of movies. Um, and then big fan of Christian Bale as well. His performance was crazy. Apparently there's a fun fact that he, I think oh, really? it was for this movie where he could sweat on command, where every single take, 
during a specific part of that scene, he, like sweat would start. Method sweating, I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's insane. It's like that's psycho. <laughs> yeah, so, that's that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's a like great he, performance. He could, he could do it on cue, apparently. Um, uh-huh. uh, I love I love movies that have that are kind of especially when the director has a sense of security where it allows mm. people to have their own interpretations and. Personally, I don't know if he did all the killings. Perhaps he did a few, but I don't think he did all of them because if, if, I mean, if you take the movie kind of in a realistic sense in a realm, I don't even know if the detective, uh, is, is, I forgot his name. I forgot the actor's name. Wonderful. Uh, yes. I don't even know if he's real. Um, cause like the way yeah. he sweats, the way there's blood everywhere, there's just too much evidence that's too obvious where, it's impossible to get away with those crimes. So, I mean, that's like a different theory. Um, but yeah, I, I like touching upon just how out of touch with humanity he is and the, the world that he's in, the conversations that he has with his coworkers just almost seem scripted and rehearsed. Um, and yeah. they're saying a bunch of nothing, pretending to care about the, the different countries of the world, the, the political issues when in fact, really they're just so in their own bubble and, it's just, it's just like little conversations that they have. Yeah, right. There's like that scene in the beginning. They're like, they're saying all this horrible shit, basically, in that, that the first conversation they have, like all kinds kind of like misogynist or whatever. But then mm-hmm. one of them says right. something, and he's like, "Hey, don't be anti-Semitic or whatever." It's like so insincere. So like, yeah, yeah like manipulative. But then at the at the same time, the things they do care about, like Patrick Bateman, <laughs> the probably one of yeah, the best scenes of this movie, is like the business cards. He's like, mm-hmm. he's obsessive, obsessive over mm-hmm. these business cards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that always could make like a, for a great short film. Like that's how good like that scene is. But yeah, it's just like right. these little things that like, that kind of like tarnish his ego yeah. or like pick at his ego a little bit. Like that's what really hurts him. And that's kind of like how those yeah. people are. You could, yeah. you could even interpret that card scene as his, his motivation for killing Jared Leto's character later. That's kind of the level of depravity that this guy is on it's almost like an anti-movie like the main character he kind of starts mm, off yeah. saying that uh, I simply am not there he, he like stands for nothing believes in nothing he has these speeches saying yeah we've got to feed the the homeless yeah. and shelter them and then like the next scene he's like stabbing someone to death he's just like a hedonistic materialistic maniac yeah kills mm-hmm. his dog I think that that part of the opening monologue actually serves um more than one purpose i think that that kind of hints at the idea that this film really is mm. not about a literal person that it is about the person as a concept and what this person represents and the obsession with materialism is especially in the 1980s and this quest yeah, for you know the whole wall street and like money is power and this this overwhelming drive and urge especially uh, for americans to um put profit and status above all else i'm going to read a bit of the Mm -hmm. the monologue at the end here actually there's an idea of the of a patrick bateman some kind of abstraction but there is no real me only an entity something illusory and though i can hide my cold gaze and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable I simply am not there. And so, yeah, it does tie into his, I guess, sociopathic or what's the word? Um, yeah, I guess sociopathic would, would be a... Yeah. Psychopathic. 
American Psycho. <laughs> yeah, his uh, his inability to connect with other people. We hear him talking about how he interprets. I think it was like a Whitney Houston song, or I forget which artist. Yeah. Um, and his yeah. takeaway is just like, oh yeah, no one no one can feel empathy for other people, but you can always feel empathy for yourself. And it's like that was his reading of the song, <laughs> and and just yeah. he and th- this even gets repeated at the the very end of the movie. Like one of the, I think maybe maybe the final line inside his head or one of the final lines was, um, uh, what, what did he say? He said, what's inside doesn't matter. Right. I I think, I think part of what it's getting at is when they say that behind his face mask, (laughs) you know, this, this, um, sort of ego that he's painted on himself to elevate his status because they're saying there's nothing behind that. I guess what they're also saying is that he is the sum of his possessions in a way, which is also kind of what he's trying to be. It's kind of what he views himself as is the sum of his possessions, the sum of his status, the sum of his ability to get into certain restaurants. And yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a little bit of a ramble, but I I think that that's. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Like, and to your point too, about like the, that it's embodying like, not just like one character, but like kind of, a collection of ideas of like you know that psychopathic yeah. kind of behavior and like business or whatever there's a lot of like mistaken identity in the movie or like people yeah. pretending to be other people people confusing people with other people yeah he like, doesn't exist there's a lot of that in the film yeah like, exactly. he literally like doesn't in the he's, film he's also. an idea yeah. right yeah yeah he lacks yeah. any identity yeah uh-huh yeah. and like people confuse like he pretends to be paul allen his yeah. lawyer at the end confuses that you know that he doesn't even think he's Patrick Bateman. It's implied like that, like he thinks he's someone else. Like that, it's very confusing. Yeah. But yeah, that does kind of his identity is his business card. His identity, uh, you know, is just all of his possessions. Yeah, and it goes in like, okay, is this in his head or not? Because the lawyer says like he was with Paul Allen like at the end of the movie. He like he had dinner with him at some point, even though it's like after the point, like way past the point where he died. But you could also interpret it like, okay, maybe he confused Paul Allen with like some other businessman because these these people are so interchangeable. Mm. Like they they all dress the same, they all act the same, um, and that's like the point of the business card scene too. They're all like, yeah, like they they all have their business cards. They're all just trying to one up each other. They're all the same. Like they're all playing the same game, and it's just like, yeah, it's like this like toxic kind of thought. Um, it's a movie directed by a woman, but it has like. It's like a great movie about like kind of toxic men or like masculinity. Yeah, toxic like kind of behavior of like men. Yeah. And it's like a great example of that, I think, too. Like it's not just like, oh, well, men can't like men just don't have to make movies like that. Like a woman can make a great movie about like a male dominated industry, like yeah, the kind of business people. That comes with it. Yeah. And make it like really compelling. I think it's actually great that this was directed by a woman because I, I think that also allows uh, public and critical perception to uh, the satire becomes a bit more obvious. There's been films that have been equally as satirical that have been directed by men, like Under the Silver Lake, where they would have scenes of like, oh, there's a topless woman and there's a man treating a woman terribly, but then people would call it sexist. Whereas like this film, people don't really call this film sexist, <laughs> yeah, even though it has it like <laughs> the equivalency of of scenes. I would I would argue like even weirder or, or more sus if we want to call it scenes than uh, <laughs> Under the Silver Lake. Like he's he's 
chopping these girls up and like fuck, just there's an entire scene where he's just gang banging two two women and yeah. there's lots of nudity it serves a it, purpose it like, sure yeah. of course I, I i yeah there is a purpose to it i i would argue there is equally a yeah. purpose in under the silver lake but yeah it's just doesn't have the same yeah. response critically uh, yeah you're exactly right for sure but yeah even in saying that though um that this has come up in episodes before about the satire angle but the satire is so good that it, it does leave a portion of the the audience um weirdly romanticizing this main character it's That's literally me of satire yeah where mm-hmm. instead of seeing the psychopath for what he is I, and, yeah i think that <laughs> i think the sentiment that a lot of people can either relate with or uh observe in other people is this especially with patrick bateman uh, Cause there's, uh, I forgot the quote, but he has this level of self-awareness, but it's to the point where he's so out of touch that he has the awareness that he, he's not there, but he can't do anything about it. He, even if he wants something to be done about it. And it almost seems like even with the murders, it, there's almost like a cry for help. And even when he admits to it, confesses it to those people, they don't even care because yeah, okay. a, a, these kinds of heinous acts are common in this world. Um, mm-hmm. that he's in, in blue collar, white collar crime, what have you. And, um, not only is it common, but they don't care. And it just kind of also shows the very superficial relationships, interactions that goes on. And, and even with, with Patrick Bateman, he, he falls in love with the image of himself, becomes obsessed with the presentation of himself. And I see that a lot in LA culture. And it's very easy to get sucked into when, you're in it. And so when I was outside of California, it's easy to very, uh, there's so many memes about California. There's so many memes about people in LA, like types of people in LA. Mm-hmm. But when you're in it, uh, when you join kind of the echo chamber and the bubble, it, it becomes a little bit more normalized. And so not to talk mm-hmm. bad about any sort of thing, but just as a general principle, if not careful, it's easy, very easy to become a part of your environment. Right. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's funny how people idolize him. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> I mean, he's so funny in the movie, but so I get it. But yeah, it's it's this it's this um, <laughs> it's this funny kind of dichotomy of, of of a very like a hot serial killer that's very common in Hollywood. And uh, yeah. who um, oh, who's the who's the who's the I'm blanking. Um, Zac Efron played him, just played him. Who, who's the really famous oh, man? Oh, uh, Ted that movie. Dahmer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not no, Dahmer, not Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Yeah, Ted Bundy. Oh, yeah. It's like, cause <laughs> yeah. he had that cold, he, he had a, he had a posse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It, it might definitely be playing up on that. And he even mentioned serial killers in the movie. Like he quotes them like out of nowhere. To the, and people are like, who are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that? and a show I, I never fully understood. I don't know if this show is mainly ter- kind of targeted for like women, but the show You, I never fully got it. But then, you know, people, a lot of girls make memes out of it. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it is kind of romantic. He did all that for me. He yeah. killed someone for me. That's kind of like you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard of that show too, yeah. I'm like, yo, Again, yeah. what are you saying right now, man? <laughs> But yeah, you know, the fact he <laughs> the main character is kind of a kind of a cute guy. <laughs> it's it's just a, that is a funny um observation. 
Yeah, that is funny. I love the sat- satirical angle angle of this movie. That's like what really makes it work. But again, like you can take the movie as it's all in his head, or some of it's in his head, or you can take the whole film completely literally. Like, okay, all yeah. of this happened. It's just people don't yeah. care. Um, yeah. There's like I was thinking like the there's a scene at the bar in the beginning when he's talking to a waitress and he's like he's like I'm gonna kill you, you bitch, or something like that. But mm. like you could you could take that as like he's talking like to the audience like kind of breaking the fourth wall or you could see it as like he's just saying that to the waitress but you know she's they're in a loud environment maybe she didn't hear him or maybe he's just like you know he's paying her like she's working for tips she's working for money so she just kind of ignores it because that's part of her job and you could take the whole film that way too and there's a lot of interactions in the movie like that People think he's joking, yeah, I think, that in a too. lot of the scenes. It's like, because no one would ever seriously say something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, they're cool to the lawyer. And then the yeah. lawyer at the end also mm, thinks it's yeah. a joke. Mm. You know? mm. I, I would probably ignore <laughs> if somebody, yeah, like, exactly. what, like, there's no body. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're just going to tell me, I kill right. people. <laughs> as as the like, audience, you know, <laughs> but like, yeah, if you're just like a random like, yeah. person in that kind of world, you wouldn't suspect it really even though he's literally telling people like i killed these people i killed these people <laughs> they, they don't listen yeah. to him right and that's it's great the way he says it like you would never expect that it's a serious confession yeah. anyway <laughs> yeah if you were in that reality i do think that the diary that they found is real i think his entries are real where he probably does have psychopathic thoughts and where he kind of uh, the drawings of like killing women or, or like the, the general entries that he writes i think those yeah. are very real um where he's just kind of conflicted he's like he has this bloodlust and he doesn't know what to do with it yeah yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i don't um al- although yeah you can you can experience the the film as like a literal narrative at this point i just don't um in in terms of how i interpret it this film to me is kind of almost like the equivalent of of like the holy mountain a very different movie but w- where it's like okay you're you're talking about ideas uh it's not necessarily like a, a straightforward like a literal narrative of things that are happening this is more about what you're trying to say about the ideas in the film mm-hmm. that that's yeah. what it is to it's me this anyway. perfect like middle ground mm-hmm. yeah it works really well metaphorically yeah it works really well like but what i mean is like i did watch this movie around halloween time it's this kind of a weird halloween movie because it's not like exactly what you think of for like a scary movie or whatever but i did watch this halloween like sometime in high school like senior year i think of like maybe 2014 and like you know it was i was at a halloween party i'm like yeah let's put this on and everyone really enjoyed it like it was a great halloween movie and like you could take it literally in that way but like as it goes on it gets more and more like abstract and confusing um and oh, it's yeah. like i think that's really what's great about it. like the patrick bateman character he is like a serial killer you'd see in something like texas chainsaw massacre but he's like again because mm-hmm. he has because he's the businessman no one suspects him no one thinks he's like a bad person because like in our culture, we usually it, don't. It's like impossible. Yeah, we usually don't stigmatize people like that. Like we usually think killers are like crazy rednecks or whatever, but not someone mm. like him. Like he's a good guy. He's a businessman, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, it's about like dest- deconstructing that, like that kind of character. It's like if if the main character were like in a video game and he was like trying to to kill himself and it just wasn't happening. It's like <laughs> yeah, just keeps yeah. resetting. Like oh, I can't, I literally can't. That's how it feels like when it it comes to him getting away with his crimes like she's literally like banging on the doors as he's like running after her with a chainsaw she's like helps like sc- screaming all the way down the stairs he's like 
through the hallways like there's nothing it's it's an impossibility it is it is something that the devs of the universe <laughs> have disabled yeah. right that's how that's how wacky the, it is the, so yeah, yeah I, just, I don't take the it the satire literally. of the movie too yeah that like no one cares um this movie builds its own world where yeah it's just like no one cares like no one does anything to stop I love him. it. Yeah. He's a white collar Texas chainsaw, right? <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, for sure. They even show that in the movie. And that was like my last year last year for Halloween I actually recommended Texas Chainsaw. And I didn't realize the parallels. Like they literally show Yeah, he's watching like, it. Like that movie and this movie. I, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that when recommending it. But I'm like, oh yeah, I guess the kind of I would say a pretty a badass shot of the movie. I, it's been a while since I watched it, but isn't there that part where she's running away and as grim and sad as it is, she's like running down the stairway, but he drops the chainsaw and it like, it lands on, and he times it perfectly or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great scene. It, it was a pretty cool shot. It was pretty badass. Oh for, yeah. Like, it's like overhead. Yeah. <laughs> the stairs are like in a triangle. Yeah. I love the shot of him screaming, like covered in blood, like yelling down the, Oof. you know, the stairwell. It's a great horror movie too. Like it has really effective, scary scenes. Like like that scene is disturbing when you're watching it. You're like Jesus fucking Christ. He's like running down the hallway, covering blood, naked. Yeah, but it's it's at the same time, yeah. Like it works as something more than a horror movie. Like it's not just an average horror movie. It it, mm-hmm. it has deeper layers to it. It's like so much more thoughtful mm-hmm. than a lot of the shit you'd see in that genre. Yeah. yeah. So I I had watched this movie a lot of times when i was younger but it's been like 10 years since i watched it until recently just for the podcast just a few days ago um something that kind of caught me off guard about it i was almost expecting because my rating was like a 10 uh for that and i'm like okay well you know i i liked a lot of things right. a lot more when i was mm-hmm. younger and i was almost expecting the rating to go down i was almost expecting like oh you know there's some good parts and in my memory i, I remembered you know taking it fairly literally and all i remembered mostly about uh the more non-literal aspects is that i just got really confused at the end and i'm watching through the movie opening scene fucking classic next scene fucking Mm -hmm. classic and it's just scene after scene after scene where i'm like every single one of these is like an iconic super memorable scene every single one i'm excited i'm like hell yeah it's this scene hell yeah it's this scene like it's all just such a fantastic movie i'm so glad it actually held up um every yeah there it it just flies by it's super entertaining and uh it's very funny very quotable there's a shit ton of memes now of american Mm -hmm. psycho i'm not sure how many people have actually seen the movie but (laughs) uh so many memes coming Mm -hmm. from the movie now which is just great i mean it's yeah it's a crazy crazy I totally film. forgot uh reese witherspoon was yeah in it. i'm like oh yeah, yeah. she's in the, she's great mm-hmm. everyone was great it's got a great cast yeah a bunch of really good character actors uh-huh jared leto from morbius um <laughs> he was good in this movie this is like one of the roles i think of <laughs> like oh he's good in this you know obviously willem dafoe samantha mathis and yeah a lot of good uh, justin thoreau mm-hmm. yeah great cast really oh great yeah cast. willem dafoe is perfect also for the role oh, perfect yeah it's not mm-hmm. just a great cast in terms of talent but how but but the casting also like Christian Bale's yeah. perfect for the lead Willem Dafoe is perfect for uh the detective yeah yeah what if Willem Dafoe played Patrick Bateman would it be too wouldn't work it wouldn't work no he doesn't have the same look that's part of why Christian Bale works so well because he's just the 
Oh, it's a stereotype. It is, it is crazy that after watching and after watching uh, Christian Bale's performance, you can't, it's hard to see someone else perform it in that way. Just the way that he chose to uh, go about Patrick Bateman is like, you can't really see it any other way. Yeah. yeah accent he does. Yeah. His hair, everything, the whole look. It's so over, to- over the top. It's almost like yeah. a Nicolas Cage performance, but it's like really, really good. <laughs> Not to say Nicholas <laughs> yeah, Cage. Yeah, it reminded me of that. It did. Yeah, you're you're mm. totally right. It reminds me of like mm. Vampire's Kiss, except yeah, like the it's a, like a, maybe it's just more meaningful in this yeah. movie. Like it actually serves a point. And the fact that it's a satire helps a lot too. Yeah. Because he's able satire. to just be Yeah, like, that too. Yeah. Turn it up to eleven. <laughs> and it's just mm-hmm. it's a really yeah. fearless performance. Like it's so out there. It's oh yeah. Crazy. He's so good. The way he yeah. speaks um, reminded me of uh just just the the amount of fakeness and dishonesty in the way that he interacts with everybody around him reminded <laughs> me of some like alt-right political commentators <laughs> i was like oh yeah shit. They, he's kind of yeah like now with that like in my peripheral oh that's where they got that i'm just like yeah, oh, predicted wow. that <laughs> like, some of, you talk yeah. exactly <laughs> like some of these people yeah christian bale's an actor's actor mm-hmm yeah he yeah. he's he's all about like his look too. Like he tries to look like absolutely perfect. He's obsessed with his looks. Yeah, like yeah. people From like this oh. to then what the machinist and then Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, he says I can always oh be God. thinner. You know, like he's just obsessed with like his weight and his muscles and whatever. Like having sex, he's looking at himself in the mirror, like yeah. doing you know, um, flexing his muscles. He points um, at himself. Like <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, total <laughs> Um, I mean Vice. His transformation in Vice is unrecognizable. Oh yeah, true. I mean, he's always been yeah. a good actor, even like in lesser movies. Um, but like every actor has bad roles, I guess. Like he was just in Amsterdam. Obviously, he's not. But like that's just part oh, of yeah. like act. Like some actors, you know, you're in movies like Morbius, and right, and then Jared Leto's in this, and he's great. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you gotta. That's what I always say. Like actors have a range in their career. Like sometimes they take roles that are not so good, but get some good roles later. It's just part I, of the industry. I, I just watched a snippet of a uh, Christian Bale's interview from GQ uh, 2020 or 2022. I don't know, but mm. he was saying how uh, so many critics and, and and people around him were saying, "Hey, don't do American Cycle. It's going to be career suicide." He's like, "All right, I'm going to do it. Why not?" And they were like, hey, yeah. don't, don't do Batman because you're, that's all you're going to do. You do one superhero movie. That's it. You're going to only be able to do that. He's like, fuck it. Let's try it. And so I love that about him, especially mm. as an actor, his, yeah. his gusto and confidence yeah, willing because, to do because he's, he says that's like, as an actor, if I can't, and he's like, if it, if it ends up where I can't, I couldn't deliver, that'll, um, the results will show itself. So he's like, I'm willing to take on the challenge. And if it, turns out that i wasn't good enough for it then so be it then then yeah then that's what it will be and so let's yeah. just let's see mm. and so i love that kind of willingness to take a chance yeah sure he takes a lot of like calculated risks mm-hmm. um, for this film too he was not paid very much at all he was apparently paid less than the makeup artists for the film he made like peanuts off of this but wow. i just can't imagine the movie without him He's such a great yeah. part of this movie. It's like he makes the movie, basically. I mean, there's a lot of other things about that work, obviously, but he is like the glue. He, he th- yeah, This movie he just would him. not work without oh, he him. Stole yeah, the he stole the show. Carry oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah for I sure. think he's in every scene. I mean, he's a huge presence in the movie, too. Yeah. He, he is so great in this movie. It's what makes the movie. Yeah. 
Hey, Paul. Yeah, I love this. <gasps> Whack. <Wow. laughs> it's so slimy. Yeah. <laughs> it starts That's yelling. <laughs> every every scene is just iconic. It's just, I love it. I just yeah, want to watch. For sure. Every scene is like a YouTube upload that you could just <laughs> revisit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. True. And I, I love the gore and I love the, it's really like explicit movie too. Like it does not shy away really from much. It's super bloody, nudity, cursing, you know, calling people bitches or whatever. Like it, it totally delivers on like everything you want to see in like this kind of movie. Um, it's super entertaining. Yeah, I, I loved it. I love watching it again. Uh, it's a, it's very rewatchable. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's very memorable. Mm-hmm. So I watched it with someone uh, who read the book, and just on the gore front, um, just want to tag on the end. Yeah, I watched it with someone who'd read the book, and they were saying like the the book's even more kind of yeah. ghastly and visceral <laughs> with the, that kind of stuff. Like, I, I heard oh, it's really? descriptive. Rats getting about- <laughs> yeah, very descriptive. That's what I was taught. And then when I when I went to watch it on iTunes, I saw it was it was advertised as the uncut version. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that is a more kind of extreme. I don't know what the differences are. Um, I think I've only ever seen probably the minor uncut. differences. Yeah. Oh, is that the HBO Max one? I probably not. I I watched the one on HBO. Yeah, I have HBO Max here, so I had to. Yeah. Yeah. Four <laughs> K Blu Ray looked great. It was the uncut version. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Would recommend. Yep, I'll definitely watch this again. So. All right. Are we all um good to give ratings or anything else you want to mention about it? Anybody? Mm. Yep. No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement that we like it <laughs> more than like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think amazing. it's great. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic work. I love it. I love this movie. Super awesome, bloody um, satire. It's funny. It's disturbing. It's like it's it's really uh, great performances. Yeah, especially Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. I give it a, a five star. It's a it's a masterpiece, baby. Mm. That's the piece. Yeah, I think I'm there with you. Um, I just love taking like a main character and making him so totally unhinged and unrelatable and like a zombie. And just the emphasis that puts on the environment around him and how that's almost worse. And that's kind of the ultimate point of just this vacuous, awful um, space to live and exist in. Uh, that is too indicative of uh, real life. Um yeah, five yeah. star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm giving this one a 10 out of 10. Uh, love the movie. I love that the sound effects that came with the business cards as they were revealed also. I forgot <laughs> to mention that. But. Best scene. Yeah, great oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, such a great scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. Um, Pick a number. Yeah, you I can do a rating it. if you want. Yeah. Damn, I'm so bad with ratings, man. Well, then uh, copy us. <laughs> I'm gonna give it yeah. a very confident 8.5 out of five. Good. Yeah. <laughs> out of five. <laughs> damn, you really loved it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's great. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Sure. Um, awesome movie. Yeah. All right, it's time for some questions. Cool. Let's head over to the Sardonicast suggestion thread on the subreddit and answer some questions from the community. Um, who's going to start us off this time? Uh, can I start? Can I start with a question? Yes. You know, you know what? Go for sure. it. You can start of us off. I should have opened with this, but Sardonicast, what does that mean? Take me through that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam came up with a name, so uh, what, what does it mean? Well, 
so sardonic is like kind of like a dry uh you know sarcastic mocking sense of humor you know if mm. and and we on our own separate channels seem to exhibit uh sardonicism if that's the <laughs> the word um, uh-huh. and uh cast is a cast a collection of people so you combine the two words together you get you get sardonic cast and the <laughs> yeah it was a it was a rare instance where i made a title that uh, made sense and it was it wasn't already taken on twitter <laughs> and youtube and all that shit so that's uh, rare that's hard to do yeah. Yeah, clean gmail i yeah, i put some effort Bravo. into it yeah Bravo. yeah yeah very good yeah Woo. yeah we're each certain and we call our fans uh sardines yes oh that's cute uh, well no i, <laughs> I call I them what we sards call them. <laughs> actually i don't call them anything sards yeah, yeah that's fine <laughs> they call me i don't call them anything listeners yeah we don't have fans i don't think about them yeah. ever <laughs> they call us sards <laughs> don't they? the sards yeah sards i guess is what we call i don't them. know why but i could picture um like an artwork like a fan art of um cloudy with a chance of meatballs when you open up the sardines it's your fans or it's yeah your it's like your <laughs> that's three, what i think of your three faces on top of the like sardines that'd be funny. that's exactly what i think fan of. art idea <laughs> You gotta make it now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Somebody. And, and you need the the mayor's son in the, his diaper. Like the <laughs> no, it's gonna be a diaper art. Okay, that's funny. No, not the diaper, not the nappy art. <laughs> Whenever I think of sardines, I think of, I think of that movie too. Oh yeah, that, that's yeah. like yeah, that's like always what I think of when I think of sardines. Oh, nice. I think of the because nice, nice. they're town. I like makes... the first one. Yeah, I, I never too. saw the second yeah, one. The first one's a good movie. Yeah, yeah this right. one uh, is something. Flint Lockwood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. T. Oh, that was He's great. That. that was a good impression. Wait, that's Mr. T? I think so. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Pretty sure. Oh, I'm like almost positive. I could check. be wrong, but Cloudy. Wow, great performance. Yeah, definitely, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's the Lego movie guys, right? That was what they did before the Lego movie. Oh, it was Mr. Yeah. T. Phil Lord and Chris no Miller. Yeah. The part where he sucks in his uh his teardrop when he's like rolling down his <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was so good. That's a funny movie. I liked it. Yeah. But yes, we can move yeah. on to the questions. <laughs> okay. Uh Nurgle the Navigator can uh, get us going here. I've started getting into the habit of watching films on my phone during my commuting on the train. I got noise-canceling beats as a birthday present, thank God. It's just over an hour each way, so I can usually get through half of a film in the morning and then the other half on the way home. I also recently watched Once Upon a Time in America in four sittings. I'm actually finding this habit quite enjoyable, looking forward to the oftentimes tense conclusion of a film whilst at work, and also feel that I'm finally chipping away at my watch lists on Netflix and Disney+. My question is, am I nuts to watch film in this manner? Or would you find it an no. acceptable method of consuming media and indeed one worth experimentation? It is acceptable. I I love it, actually. I really enjoy doing that. <clears throat> because in this day of streaming, even a show is such a commitment and that uh, it's one hour, right? And I'm not... Um, I'm not encouraging this behavior at all, but just to be completely honest with you guys, when I commute and I drive a lot, I like to have Netflix playing. 
on my dad. Like mm. I put it, I put my phone on my dashboard, you know, not yeah, saying sure. it's safe or anything, but <laughs> I really enjoy, I really enjoy consuming content in kind of this manner. And, and it kind of also sometimes you have to pause it and when you arrive at your destination, but it gives you this sense of uh, anticipation and excitement to pick up and, and start something. Here's a suggestion. Uh, yeah. Do the audio tracks with described video, and then you don't ever have to look. Yes. With the phone. What do is the, described Described video? video for the visually impaired is an audio track that exists on many films. Mostly popular. If you ever buy like a big franchise Blu-ray, I'm sure it exists on Netflix, too. I don't know if it's on everything, but... Yeah, it, it does, yeah, I think so. Probably for Netflix's own... Uh, uh, programs but yeah do described video and then you'll have it basically there will be a narrator uh describing the scene as well oh okay yeah okay i, I think i've said before i like watching movies all the way through i can't watch movies on a plane or like on a commute <gasps> i usually you don't I usually like put on... on a plane <laughs> not on your effing phone not not even snakes on a plane <laughs> no not even not even top gun no not, nothing even if it's plane related <laughs> Um, like I just like watching it on a big TV and watching it all the way through. That's usually how I, you know, sometimes I pause maybe for a couple minutes, but yeah, I, it's just the way I like. Depends on what I'm watching. I feel like that's the way movies. Yeah. I feel like that's the way movies are meant to be watched. Um, agreed, otherwise, agreed. otherwise it's a show, you know, you make it episodic, <laughs> but that's fine. I mean, do watch it however you want. I mean, nothing stopping you. There's been um, some things where if I start watching it, in a less than ideal setting and I'm like super into it, then I'll be like, okay, I'll just leave this for later and I'll continue, you know, I'll, I'll start it again on my home theater setup or something, you know, or like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've done that before. But yeah, depending on what I'm watching on my last plane trip, I was watching cause I, I, I finally did it. I have Disney Plus because I got six months free with my phone thing. So (laughs) I have Uh a Disney Plus account now. (laughs) Um, Very nice. And so (laughs) I was like, okay, well, they got all the the Fox shit. And I downloaded uh, the first season of Malcolm in the Middle just because it was, you know, it's really nostalgic for me and watched a few episodes on the plane. I was like, damn, that's that still holds up. First season, at least. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love watching shows that way. Yeah, I would I would watch TV shows on a plane or like mm-hmm. I usually just watch like YouTube videos, like Angry Video Game Nerd or whatever, like shit, like Red Letter mm. Media. <laughs> That's usually, but mm. in a movie, I'm like, I want to like pay attention. I want to absorb every like the sound and all of it. Just like I don't want to look away. If you're on public transit and you're not getting paid for your commute to work, watch a fucking movie on the bus. Okay, some people have long transits. I used to work I used to work at, at the HMV in West Edmonton Mall and it was not near my house and my bus ride was always like 40 minutes or something. And so I would just yeah. I, I had my Microsoft Zune <laughs> before movies on my phone I was oh, watching Zune. movies on my Zune oh. and it was a good product. <laughs> it was a good product <laughs> and it still works. <laughs> okay? And uh, yeah, sure. I, w- I would watch wow. through the first like third of a Lord of the Rings movie on my way to work, and then I would finish my shift, and I would keep watching, and it was great. So <laughs> yeah, I usually just like listen to music on public transit or fall asleep. 
Mm-hmm. Like when I take the train or whatever. I Yeah. I usually just fall asleep. <laughs> like even on a plane too. I just fall asleep listening to music. Yeah, I, I like watching movies on a screen that's like big and with the sound up. Paid to, like I love being immersed in it. Like I'm just like so immersed when watching it that way. Yeah, I, I do agree that movie the optimal experience is like a cinema and so yeah a, a separate conversation I, yeah. I don't think cinemas will ever go out of business the way that people speculated malls will because i think it's just such a it's a completely different experience and a camaraderie yada yada with that said i do think it's the optimal experience but i am a i'm a fan of the different types of experiences. So for instance, I love watching movies on a plane. It's just like a different experience and I get really sucked into it and people are uh, sleeping next to you. So you have to be quiet when you cry, you know, <laughs> like you have to like sob silently. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I love seeing what selection there is on a plane. Cause um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'll always love. unlike Air Canada, they have, you know, their own little selection. And sometimes some of the things there are pretty funny. There was a, uh, uh, when my boyfriend and I were on a plane together on an Air Canada flight, uh, there was a movie that he found in the selection called like, like I Love Canada or something. I forget what the do- it was like a documentary about. Oh, it was called Being Canadian. That's what it was, and it was just a bunch of interviews <laughs> with like Canadian celebrities, and each section of the documentary was like, oh well. Here's here's one stereotype about Canada, and then Seth Rogen would be like, "Oh yeah, I guess." I'm. <laughs> and like it was kind of embarrassing and weird, but like true at the same time. It was kind of stupid, yeah. and then it just yeah, it couldn't find an ending. Just stuff like that, where I'm like, "Why does why this was just made for the airplane?" Basically, like you don't have an audience outside of this flight. You don't. <laughs> like no one's gonna watch this yeah. shit anywhere else. <laughs> I will say Delta and American Airlines have pretty good uh, movie selections and they're pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes they have shit that's out in theaters. Mm-hmm. But there's like some movies that you can't watch in public like that. Like, I don't think you can watch American Psycho on like a, on the bus. Yeah, or get some looks. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Why not? Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. There's like, R, there's R-rated movies in the selection on the Air Canada flight. Like, they curate that stuff and they there's like... Yeah. You know, there's movies with like they sex censor scenes them sometimes. And... So no, not yeah. on my flights. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just. <laughs> Guess it depends on the flight. It depends on like where it's going. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> you, anyone is free to just look away and not be a nosy yeah, that's Nancy. True, true. Yep. Yeah, you okay. shouldn't be looking anyway, movie. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard to judge things like um, pacing too. If you're like watching a movie in like you know 50 minute chunks or whatever it's like yeah if you get bored you just like okay let's turn it off and pick it up later like just because the movie's long doesn't mean like the pacing is bad or slow like there's some movies with great pacing like that you watch three hours of you're like oh that was great i could i sat through that whole thing it's like great pacing mm-hmm. like casino or whatever um mm-hmm. yeah it just depends i mean watch a movie however the fuck you want i'm just saying <laughs> Yeah, you're enjoying the story and engaging with yeah. them. Like, yeah. who really cares? Like, what screen you're watching on? Like, who, who yeah. actually cares? Apart from David Lynch, like, who who's really getting upset? Right. Surely, surely movies, the more eyes yeah. on your story, the better. Yeah, sure. Depends on the effect of it and what you're going for. His movies are very, like, immersive, visual, auditory experiences. You're supposed to be, like, invested in them in, like, a certain way. Oh, uh, Okay. Right. Anything, anything else it's that? valid oh. to answer the it's question. Valid. You are yeah, valid. It's fine. 
you are valid. You're, you're now yeah. officially valid. It's okay. Um, I validate you. <laughs> well, seeing as uh, it's October, uh, Super Kami Guru 47 says, This has been a pretty packed year for horror, with many saying it's one of the best years for horror in decades. What are some of your favorite and least favorite horror films to have come out this year? I was very impressed with the new Hellraiser. I'm a Bruckner boy. I love David Bruckner. And mm. I... Uh, I him. Yeah. And I can't... Uh, I didn't look up any reception to it before I watched it. Uh, had a great experience. I did a watch-along to it on my YMS Watch-Alongs channel, if anybody wants to see me react to it in real time, because it was a digital movie. And by the end of the movie, I was like, oh, I wonder what other people think about this. This is probably getting great reviews. Nope. Apparently, apparently I'm... Uh, crazy <laughs> apparently people mm. would rather watch a uh, smile uh smile people like smile phone. a lot <laughs> yeah uh yeah i thought i thought it was a really refreshing horror movie honestly i loved yeah. it um really enjoyed barbarian i thought that was very good uh you've seen that right we'll talk June. about it next episode alex will yeah. Uh, yeah, watch it by then. Yeah, it's not released in UK. Yeah, yet, it's not but... out here at the time of recording, but I'm curious. Yeah. So. Very interesting. Yeah. So I'm not a I'm not a horror fan. I'll preface with that, and I don't watch like too many horror movies. I so I went into that movie blind, and I didn't like it. But I know we can't get too into it. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I I'm either missing it's, something. It's very polarizing. I am I am uh, oh, I am in the middle on this one actually. I I like respect it. Mm. And I and I think that some parts of it work really well and others don't and I respect it for being different, but I in execution uh, some parts could have been a lot better. Yeah. Is how I Yeah, it's it. different. You know, I'm just so sick of like A24 having a, like a a domination over horror movies. Like anything that's not an A24 horror movie, I'm like, "Oh, that was refreshing." Because it's mm. just like so many of these come out, like X, Pearl, and uh, Men. I did like Men though. Men was like almost its own thing though. Like I guess you could call it horror, but it's more like an art house horror movie. Uh, Barbarian's like a straight up horror movie. I'm like, yeah, that was. I think they turned it down. Actually, it was like pitched a twenty four. They didn't like it. I guess I don't know. There's like some. They didn't like oh. some parts of it. I'm like oh no, it was really good. Um, yeah, their movies can feel samey. It's just like different companies making horror movies like i will see small at some point just because it's probably not the same right i did like bodies 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 also yeah. bodies times three <laughs> i did enjoy that also but again that's like kind of a little more tasteful like a little more elevated than like a horror movie it's like i, I think my one thing with like american horror movies is it when, when they feel the need to over explain it comes off to me a little is in insecure it's a that's a strong word but to me when it feels like when you have to really explain everything that's happening through the dialogue when the audience when when you already showed there's like a specific scene in barbarian where i just thought that they were just over explaining it when it was pretty mm. obvious it was pretty clear what was happening in the scene without all that dialogue Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to give your audience credit, right? So that's so so just like my one of my one of my general takeaways. I, I think I found in a lot of maybe American horror movies is just uh, when they over explain. It's a little too on the nose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just 
yeah, I really enjoyed Barbarian. I don't have much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It falls right in the like, uh, it's like kind of campy too, which is always fun. <laughs> like it's part, like the audience was like really into it also. It was a good like audience movie. Normally I hate that when people talk during That's movies, true. but not, it was a good not, not during, movie. yeah, not during this one so much. Like this one was pretty good audience experience. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I agree. what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah. was a sense of camaraderie in that for sure. Yeah. At first, like, I feel like so many horror movies at first, they get like really overblown reception but then they kind of it kind of like fizzles out like i think that happened with black phone where at first people like oh it's amazing but now it's kind of like settled down a little like yeah it was okay like it's not like the greatest movie it's it's definitely better than like it's a little more tasteful than like something you'd see but yeah it's kind of also not that scary (laughs) it's very Mm. blumhouse um Mm. i did enjoy that more than the new halloween which i thought was a piece of shit i mean it made black phone look like, made black phone look like a masterpiece honestly the, la- yeah, the last one was bad too right yeah it was bad we have these damn films that they made yeah i yeah. am not feeling in any way obligated to watch the new halloween movie Man, nor should you <laughs> yeah it's like that yeah, thing that. we were talking about prey like prey is a good like horror action movie um but the thing with mm. that like you know the predators in it but it's not like predator porn the way that like halloween kills is and like this new one is it's just like all mostly halloween kills actually it's just like oh yeah michael myers killing people like that's what you want to see right it's like no it's not like you know halloween's a good horror movie it's not just about like the kills it's not like a kill count movie in that way it's about creepy like but like in Halloween ends, everyone's just like clapping when people are getting murdered. Like, yeah, cool. It's like it's not it's not the desired effect like you should be having when watching a horror movie. It should mm. be scary. It should be like mm-hmm. disturbing and people mm-hmm. are like clapping because they just like they like the gore or whatever. They like the gore effects. Like, woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, nah, it's not not what I'm looking for. The new Hellraiser was like the first horror movie in ages where I actually cared about the characters and was it, it was like I was into the narrative of whether or not they got hurt or died and I was like oh shit and I like felt bad for people it, it's just it's an absolute rarity for a horror movie for me so yeah mm, that was really that's, good gore as well yeah that's just so many horror movies yeah you just don't give a shit like this new Halloween ends, I didn't give a shit about anybody in that movie. <laughs> they were exactly. such bad characters. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of horror movies, it's almost like they intentionally write the characters to be ones that you want to die as if that's what they think <laughs> audiences yeah. want. And in a way, maybe that's right. true because like apparently just people didn't like the new Hellraiser, but I did. So I guess I guess maybe people felt bad or maybe people just didn't like the characters, I guess, but I don't know, like I find I find mm. if the characters are more relatable and believable and you know you empathize with them a bit more it makes the horror elements more effective in terms of like oh you don't want that to happen right you don't want the bad right. things to happen to them and mm-hmm. they do and you feel bad and it's like okay well that's a new that's a genuine experience not just like this detached sort of like oh fucking die already like I that's how I feel watching so many horror movies where I'm like oh just fuck just kill yeah. them like why why are we even yeah. spending time developing these characters if you just fucking hate them? <laughs> like, if they're just annoying. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exactly Get on it. with it. It's just hard to care. Yeah, hard to care about some of these characters. Yeah. That's what was good about uh, Nope. You had, like, like women characters. It wasn't mm-hmm. too heavy with the exposition. Creepy concepts. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, big fan. When of people die, people aren't clapping like in the yeah. Halloween ends. Yeah. People get murdered <laughs> on screen. Everyone's like, yeah, it's awesome. Like, no, it's not that's not how you're supposed to be feeling. This movie sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. I guess not a question. That's that. <laughs> Let's do this one from Butter. Four six seven. Recently, there's been a controversy over the voice actress for Bayonetta being offered only four thousand dollars to return for Bayonetta three. In response, she turned down the offer and is telling fans to boycott the game. Do you think that boycotts are effective nowadays? And do you think voice actors deserve better pay? Oh, I can't believe I heard about that. <laughs> um, well, yes, they obviously deserve to be paid. There's no question. That's silly. 4, yeah, they were trying to pay her like four grand or something for voicing like an entire video game, which it's a big is studio. yeah, four grand to be the main character. You know, probably not. <laughs> like that seems kind of offensive, right? So. Yeah, aren't like yeah. most voice actors kind of traditionally shafted anyway? Unless you are like one of the big names, like a Troy Baker or someone like this. She like did get uh, replaced by Jennifer Hale. Oh, there you go. And it's, it's not, yeah, it's Jennifer we're Hale, not like blaming Troy Jennifer Baker, Hale yeah. for this at all. Like she's, she didn't, she's not responsible for the decisions that. No, uh, no, no. There is just like a monopoly on yeah. like these big voice actors. You're like, it's at a point where you can play a game or like uh, go on a TV show and be like, oh, that, that is Jennifer Hale. That is Nolan North or whoever. They've got like such a, they're just everywhere. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I wonder when the release date is... Oh, wow. October. So, Bayonetta 3 is getting released in like 10 days. <laughs> so, it'll oh, be... The, the release the will be out close. Uh, by the time this episode is public, I guess. So, I guess we'll just have to see if it affects its bottom line or not. I don't know. Like, it's my understanding that people are still going to play the Harry Potter game, right? So... I don't. Yeah, yeah, I think with a big franchise like that, it's kind of hard. I have no yeah. idea. It's like Mar, like anything like Marvel or Disney or like yeah, Star Wars. It's hard to like boycott. Yeah, that. like what do you mean it's, by it's, controversy? They're so popular. You know? Like, do you yeah. mean controversy as in people were angry on Twitter for like a day? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if like, that's <laughs> actually going to seep into the the sales of a game. Like, yeah, Harry thing. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I agree with the movement of being paid more, and so I'm coming in completely blind and i don't know anything about this question at all sure this but yeah with the pay i completely agree but when it's like a project that involves a whole team of people ensemble boycotting it for yourself i don't know but i do think i do agree that the pay deserves more but yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. boycotting the entire project for that reason not sure yeah yeah, I have no idea. I'm not involved, but um yeah. Yeah, if it's if it's I don't know. I usually support things financially as in like buy them if the project is something that I'm interested in and it has merit. And I think also, I guess maybe just my mind of being somebody who, you know, makes a living off of commenting on media, um I feel like once I open that box of being like I am boycotting this because of you know something then mm, that kind of mm. then then i'm kind of obligated to do that with like i don't know 20 percent <laughs> of things i consume maybe more right. yeah, yeah. yeah. no more like right. half yeah. <laughs> half the shit that comes out of hollywood yeah yeah there's always there's, there's a lot of ethical yeah i mean like every yeah. fucking animated movie that exists treats their animators like shit 
you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. computer animators, like Marvel movies. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. The Marvel, the Marvel movies with the CGI artists, how they're kind of like overworking them. Yeah. But like people are going to go see those anyway. I don't think that's going to affect the, the Black Panther ticket sales at all. Mm. I think it's going to do great either way. That's what I mean. It's like when you're working with such a big franchise, it's kind of difficult to sway people. Yeah. And, and Twitter is not representative yeah. of actual people, as we discussed on the last episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Yeah. It's worth a shot. You know, Bayonetta, that's kind of smaller, so maybe it would affect something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, boycott, and uh, if it does something, then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, whatever change that happens, if any, is positive. Uh, but yeah. we'll see if anything even happens, right? So, I wonder how much uh, Chris Pratt got paid for his voice acting work in... Uh... Probably more than Charles Martinet ever got paid. <laughs> Total. <laughs> yeah, Probably more than like his entire career. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Okay. Let's do this one from Cash Slinging Smasher. That's a good mm-hmm. name. Yeah. What is the film that first shattered your innocence and made you realize that movies can be bad? Oh, bad. Bad is mm. in like just a bad movie good. or ju- or just like disturbing because like, you know you know like when you're young and you yeah, just watch you're, you just con- you're just consuming content and you never really critically mm-hmm. engage in any way and then all of a sudden there'll just be that one thing that you're like nah yeah this, one. this is where i draw the line because uh oh, yeah there's there's a huge catalog of older films like animated movies that i watched when i was a kid and sometimes I think of revisiting them of like, oh, yeah, I'll just see that for nostalgic purposes. But most most of the time, if it's in my memory of something and I have like barely any memory of it, just I know that I watched it, but I only remember like maybe one part of one scene. That usually means the entire thing was boring, but I lacked the capacity to <laughs> like to, to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. to fully comprehend that it was boring or maybe just, you know, anything being on was just, you know, a way to kill time. And that's just how I consumed media as a child of just like, oh, something's on. And it was just a distraction from life. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily yeah. entertaining, but I didn't have the vocabulary or yeah, I, I just didn't know how to express it. The first time i remember thinking that something about a movie was bad i think i don't know this might be but one that comes to mind is death to smoochie where i was just so confused by the way that things were shot and the like the cinematography i was like what and none of it was funny and it was my understanding that it was supposed to be a comedy and i was like pretty young watching it like 13 or something (laughs) i don't know I was like, this is not, never even heard of it. This isn't funny. Death to Smoochie. You never heard of Death <laughs> yeah, to Smoochie? I've, I've not never heard of this. I'm, I'm just not, uh, not familiar. Okay. Ralph, you would love it's like it's it's about a guy who wants to kill Barney. <laughs> yeah, basically. but I'd love it. <laughs> it's got Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. Williams. I think Danny DeVito. Edward Norton. Yeah. Edward Norton. Love Danny that. DeVito. <laughs> Edward Norton. Yeah, what the what? fuck? What the Directed fuck? by Danny DeVito. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. He directed it. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I didn't. Wa- I didn't get very far, but I've. I've always been like morbidly curious to check that one out again because I. It's just. I guess. Polarizing. <laughs> it's either notoriously bad or it also has some genuine fans thing, kind of like a. What was that fucking uh, Southland Tales and Showgirls? I guess you know, like I don't know. Yeah, uh, Fifth Element. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, all right. Sounds uh, interesting. I'd say like uh like I didn't get into film criticism sites till like I was a little older, like 12, 13. I think that last Airbender movie, I think that's the one of the one of the first ones. Mm. I was like, this is not good. Like it was like the word of mouth was so overwhelmingly negative that it just kind of seeped into me watching the movie and I'm like, no, this is no good. I could tell it's not a good movie. Yeah. Oh, um, and I love that show. Yeah. That was that was definitely an early example of a terrible movie that kind of broke me. <laughs> I hate that movie. It's one of the worst <laughs> movies I've ever seen. <laughs> M Night. Yeah. That might be my least favorite M Night movie. I can't think of one I hate more than that one. Honestly, even like After Earth and Happening are better. Yeah, no, that's a solid pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so mine, uh, I guess not to feed into the meme too hard, but it was what, 2005, a friend came over with a, was it, was it a VHS or a DVD at that kind of era? I can't even remember, but it was the original Madagascar. Oh! Um, <gasps> <laughs> yeah i was like i was so like gutturally opposed to madagascar oh. mostly, mostly based on how it looked it, it is one of like the ugliest <laughs> character designs for animation yeah it's an ugly kind of abrasive movie um and i'll never forget that watching it on that that big fat crt screen oh man are um, you a madagascar <laughs> fan or something i like it i liked it it's just, just the first one. I don't know. I don't really one? recall this. I don't really recall the second one. I'm not sure, but I, I damn, you're missing out on the best ones. Escape yeah. to Africa. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite one. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's the greatest movie ever. <laughs> I think for me, um, oh, that's hard. One of the first movies I can remember is Drag Me to Hell. It's a uh, horror movie. I think. Oh, you I, didn't you didn't like that? Mm. Well, I was really young. I was. It was my. I was on a. It was my first kiss. So I. I don't even recall the movie too much. Oh. oh I okay. watched it. <laughs> so <laughs> I watched it purely. I watched it purely as a scary movie. I was like junior high school, just so that there's an excuse to you know be close and intimate. I, I had my first kiss there. But I remember, I think we laughed a lot because there was one scene, something drops on this oh, girl's yeah. head and her yeah, head explodes. Yeah, that's, the that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. It felt very Looney Tunes and I liked it. That was yeah. so funny. Wild yeah. Coyote, very esque. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we talked about that. Um, we liked that movie, but yeah. You know, the, the thing is, I, I, I mean, I barely watched it, nor do I recall it. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And. My other cop-out answer is like most live-action interpretations of any anime, right? Yeah. Those are a lot yeah, of right. the live-actions I refuse to watch. The the Dragon Ball one? Uh, I guess oh, last year. Yeah. I'm a diehard Dragon Ball fan, so I, I wouldn't want to watch live-action stuff or Avatar or Death Note or... You know. Uh-huh. Yeah, the yeah. last Airbender, I guess that counts, kind of. I mean, it's not like from Japan, but yeah, it's kind of anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I even shied away from like Mulan because I just didn't want mm-hmm. to ruin it because Mulan is one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. So I just didn't want to ruin mm-hmm. that experience. Yeah, the original is great. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a shame. 
Even like the street, <laughs> the street, the Street Fighter movie. I know that's a video game, but it kind of you know, kind of reminds me it. of Dragon Ball. You did? I, liked, <laughs> I was watching I that again it. recently. It's so I don't know why. I, was, I, I wanted to watch. <laughs> I wanted to watch Chris Klein again, making an ass out of himself for that movie, which is really funny. Yeah, his performance in it is fucking bizarre. Uh, you know, sure. I will say, I think there is some merit in just because a movie doesn't have revisit potential how it how it affected you and how you enjoyed it at that time at your age at your life stage sometimes i think that can be enough but i think um a recipe for a great film is when it can stand the test of time like american psycho when you can revisit and still be good yeah i think that is definitely a recipe for a great uh product but i do think that there's some merit in especially when you're younger just Mm because you you don't have the capacity to really analyze and critique it as a um, cinephile kind of feeling the feelings that you felt and watching it like such as like ice age at the time and when i watched it, i was like wow it's an amazing movie actually it's a, it's a phenomenal movie i think <laughs> ice age is great yeah but stuff like yeah. that where i think the way that it, it, that you felt and it impacted you at the time can be enough to call it or to give your opinion to say that it was a good project or i enjoyed it I saw that right when it came out, which was, I think it's even before Last Airbender. I don't remember liking it. That might actually be my first movie I didn't Ice like. No, um, the Street Fighter one. Street Fighter oh, Legend of Chun-Li. Because, right, like, right. it was out the same week as, like, Watchmen. Wait, um, so, Chun-Li? I wanted to see... Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, around the same time. Wait, I'm talking about, like, the 1991. The, the 1990 movie. Oh, you mean Street Fighter. No, I meant Street yeah. Fighter Legend. Street Fighter oh. The Legend of Chun-Li. I think it was, like, 2009. No what <laughs> Whenever Watchmen came out. Okay. And, like, I wanted to see Watchmen, but my dad's like, you can't go see that. It's rated R. I'll take you to go see Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li instead. <laughs> and I was like, nice. fuck, it's pretty bad. I'm, I'm talking about the one with Jean, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's, yeah, I yeah. I had that one on VHS, and I thought, because as a kid, I was like, oh, that's oh, so okay. badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm talking about this other one. Yeah, I um, see, I see. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's it, though. Adam, did you have one? Or was it? What was the question? The movie, like a movie you did. The movie that broke you. Yeah, I I said Death to Smoochie, right? Oh, yeah. He went first. He went first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. I was going to say it's that Dan DeVito one. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I guess we answered it then. This is a good question. Got a lot out of that. A lot of mileage. Cool. Uh, I guess we have time for one more. Uh, Manny Dog Soler asks What are your guys' thoughts on The Last of Us show trailer for HBO? Um,. So there's another one for the pile, a new video game adaptation. Uh, yeah, trailer jolt for it. Yeah, yeah, those are just never good. You didn't like it. Uh, it just seems kind of redundant. But it, it has potential. Yeah, yeah, it has some potential, but video game things are just never very good. It's just never any video game adaptation into a movie or a show. Yeah, it's never terrible good. track record. I've kind of um, given up on it. Like it just never works out. I feel like The Last of Us can work, just because of how cinematic yeah. the games already are. But it probably won't be. I mean, it won't be as good as the games because the games have their own reason for existing. I cannot tell from the trailer if it's going to be good or bad. It looks like it has production value mm-hmm. to it. it. Yeah, the fact that the fact that it doesn't look bad is a good thing. You know? Yeah, it was weird they didn't use the music from the games. That kind of bugged me. 
It would have yeah, been a we'll perfect see. opportunity to. Yeah, right. Yeah, I hope that music is in. I don't know if Gustavo's doing the soundtrack or not, but. I should hope. Mm. I think he's credited, right? Yeah, he better. Yeah, that would be good. Because I'll probably watch it just for that soundtrack if he is doing that then, at least. Uh, yeah. Composer Gustavo, he's credited. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's a good sign. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just always feel so weird about the, all these video games being adapted into this kind of form. Like, Actually, I did watch um, like Cyberpunk Edge Runners recently, and I was surprised by how Ooh. good that was. Ooh, I, I'm I'm watching it right now. I'm really enjoying it. It's cool, isn't it? It's like really stylish, yeah. and it, is yeah, that it a sense. series? Or? Yeah, yes, it's that Netflix show. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, based on the Cyberpunk, and it's 25 minutes long. It's oh, I love that okay. it's, it's like only 25 yeah, minutes each episode. Yeah. yeah, it's only like 10 episodes or something. It's like really complete. Um, the soundtrack is trigger. good. Oh, the soundtrack's really good. Yeah. Really good action sequence animation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It almost doesn't match, but it works really well, actually, together with the animation. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like no, I, re I really like that. But it, it's just animation is always like the caveat, though. When you when you have freedom to express this like video game stuff within animation, it just, that works to me. Um, whereas like the Halo show, nah. -uh. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah, like I feel like it could be like that. Um, it, yeah, I came into it because I've never played Cyberpunk, so I'm just watching yeah, it as the show. And uh, it's yeah, it's 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 a little different. It kind of gives me this nostalgic vibes too of when I was like a little younger. And there's a little spunk to it. And I like that the show. I was just I had this thought yesterday of it has video game dialogue. Almost like Midnight Club. If you guys played like racing games growing up, mm. Need for Speed, Midnight Club, those very one-liners, but that's part of the show and it kind of works. I like it. it, it some yeah. people could call it corny and cheesy, but if you're, if you grew up with video games, um, I kind of like the dialogue that they implemented into the show. Yeah. No, it's all very appropriate. Mm. Yeah. I was, I was surprised by how much I liked that. Yeah. I'll probably watch it. It's getting such a praise. Yeah. We should watch Death to Smoochie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like too intrigued now. I'm like, no, I got to Because I never, I never gave it a fair chance. And now I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit? Y'all should have a watch party. <laughs> yeah. 2002. Hmm. Yeah, what the hell? Robin Williams? <laughs> I want to watch Death to Smoochie. Alex, list. can you recommend Death to Smoochie? <laughs> I'm really tempted to now. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> it's already on my watch list, so I have heard of it. I must have just oh. forgot. That's weird. I, Danny DeVito directed. Yeah, it's like, what? Yeah. It'll be yeah. it'll be my recommendation right. in the episode after, so maybe I will. <laughs> maybe. Spoil it. Don't spoil it. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Maybe. Maybe I'll just watch it and just get back to you. Maybe I'll just yeah. watch it by myself. <laughs> watch it on your phone. Yeah. On my uh, on my Zoom segments. <laughs> on your Zoom. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. I guess we answered that question. We did it. Thank you. Nice yeah. Uh, so stuff. I believe it is time for the film recommendation from Alex. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. So I guess uh, my, my my one's going to be out of scary month, so I'm going to going to calm the tone a little bit. Um I th I think I've re recommended 
a Coen Brother movie before, but I need to do another one. Just to get this one, it just has to be done. Um, I've actually had this uh, question screenshot for like ages in my notes document from such refrigerator 87 who says, we've seen the Holy Mountain and we've seen Under the Skin when it was Ralph's favorite. For the love of God, when is someone going to recommend go. The Big Lebowski? Yeah. Um, it's time. Yeah, I want to do it. Nice. Awesome. 1998, The Big Lebowski, as Derek Savage yeah. would say. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled for The Big Lebowski, uh, directed by the Coen brothers, watch it before the next episode comes out. These episodes get released publicly every two weeks, uh, but you can listen to them early if you go to if you go to sardonicast.com and sign up, sign up for premium it's only two dollars a month also patreon.com slash sardonicast does the same thing send us some fan art hashtag sardonicast fan art on twitter or uh the subreddit i will see it there also uh they'll get featured in the beginning of the episodes uh, on YouTube. Also, there's a Sardonicast highlights channel. Also, it's almost Christmas. You got to buy some merch. Otherwise, your relatives will be sad. Uh, you don't want your grandma to be sad. You have to get her a Sardonicast pillow to show you how much <laughs> you love your grandma. Otherwise, she will know that the love is not real if you do not get the pillow. So, um, yeah. Thank you so That's much, uh, June. You were a great guest. Yeah, thank you. Uh, do you have yeah, any socials you. or anything to plug? Where would people find you? Yeah, everything is a June Lee comedy. J-O-O-N. Like Instagram. June Lee comedy. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Okay, it's perfect. Really, yeah, okay. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank you. Uh, rate your podcast experience out of 10. <laughs> uh, is there is there a gun to my head or um... yes? <laughs> wow, eight point five out of five. Nice. <laughs> the same. That's my same rating. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. consistent. Nice. But it's been so it's been so fun, guys. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank cool. you for coming on. That was great. Uh, bye, everybody. Happy uh, videotapes. <laughs> Happy Shrek. <laughs> uh, Happy videotapes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> All right. Simply not there. <laughs>